What's up, everybody? This is Jerry Ferrara, and you are listening to the Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah podcast. We do have a big chase scene coming up, and I want you to do the stunt. Not the stunt, man. You. Driving that car, I want the audience to look at you and go, God damn, that motherfucker is a badass. Because if they don't, because if it looks fake, the movie's gonna suck, Vince, and you're gonna wind up coming off like uh, Like a pussy. Like a pussy. You don't want to look like a pussy, do you? Did you miss me? Welcome back to Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah, The Entourage Podcast. I am your host, J.R. Hickey, coming to you from Palm Springs, California. Baby bros, I know it's been a little bit longer than I promised. Thank you to everyone who's reached out about the podcast, asking when it was coming back. The initial plan was to launch end of February, and then life got in the way. What can I say? A couple things happened on my end, stuff that's not super important to you guys as listeners, but I'll update you on anyways. I lost my job at the end of January, along with a lot of people who are out of jobs right now. So if anyone knows of anyone hiring a creative director whose specialties include television, digital, social, and just in general creating dumb shit for the internet, hit me up at it, or check out my portfolio website at www.johnhickeycreative.com. So once that happened, I needed to focus on finding jobs, finding some freelance work, and then the plan was to launch in early March, and I got on a plane and went to Japan instead. Last second trip, visiting some friends out there who just completed the Tokyo Marathon. If you haven't been to Japan, highly, highly recommend it. We did Kyoto, Osaka, and Tokyo. And my power rankings of those Japanese cities are... Kyoto number one, Tokyo a close number two, and Osaka well below those at number 10. If you're interested in seeing anything from my trip, check out my TikTok and Instagram account at That's a Nice Touch. Okay, season seven, episode one, stunted. I'm super excited about the guests that I had on for this episode. Guests, plural, we had two guests that are actual stuntmen and actors in Hollywood. Leo Kai Angelos reached out to me, I'm not joking, four or five years ago about coming on for this episode. I saved his contact information. We made it work. He also recommended we have his friend Edward Bossert on. Edward's done a ton of current uh, fight scene stunt choreography. It was super interesting to talk to these guys. A little awkward because I don't know them, so you will kind of hear us start to warm up to each other as the episode continues. And if I'm being honest, the audio quality could have been better, but... Never fear, got some great episodes coming up. A few I recorded already a couple weeks ago, and I'm just trying to stay ahead of it. We'll be back every Monday morning for the next nine weeks to round out Season 7. I'll be in Las Vegas next weekend for March Madness. If anybody is in Las Vegas, hit me up. Let's grab a drink. Enjoy the episode. It's good to be back, baby bros, and I will talk to you next week. Stunted, the premiere. My first guest this week is a short film director, a fight choreographer, a firearms advisor, and a stuntman. He's directed over a dozen short films. His work has appeared on Project Greenlight, and his stunt work includes Blue Bloods, Netflix's Jessica Jones, and The Purge Anarchy. Leo Kai Angelos, welcome to the Entourage Podcast. Hello. And my next guest this week, two guests on this week's episode, he is an actor and a stuntman. He has a black belt in Taekwondo, and his stunt work includes The Mick, Shameless, Booksmart, and The Highwaymen, amongst many others. Edward Bossert, welcome as well to the Entourage Podcast. Hello. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for joining us, guys. I We were talking offline, but Leo messaged me in 2019 and said, hey, love the pod. 
I'm a stuntman in Hollywood and I would love to talk about stunts when you get to that episode. Nobody knew that I would take a two-year break and uh, I did. And here we are. I remembered that you messaged me. I found your DM. I messaged you a week ago and you said you'd rather have my friend Edward on as well. So this is so exciting. I'm super excited to talk to the both of you. Thank you again for joining. Yeah, thanks for uh, remembering and inviting me. It's, uh, it's really cool. Always down to talk about Entourage. And uh, should, should I also point out that, I mean, people can't really see us, but Ed is a dead ringer for doubling Kevin Connolly. He's <laughs> a, a little E to him, for sure. He's got yes. the right height, the right <laughs> look. I'd love to Let's do some action, Kevin. Connolly's <laughs> getting up there in age. I don't know if he's really, you know, but, you know, he could do some sort of like mob movie or something like that. Definitely. Love it. Absolutely. I cannot <laughs> wait to get into your careers and the stunt work you guys have done. But first, let's talk about Entourage. That's why we're here. I'd love to get both of your perspectives. What were your relationships with Entourage like? Leo, why don't you start? When did you first experience Entourage? Did you watch it all the way through? Did you watch it through the movie? Yeah, I, I didn't watch the show when it came out. But uh, I remember I was working back in the, in the East Coast. I was in New York and people were telling me about the show and I definitely worked with people who loved the show and everyone was telling me to watch it. But I didn't watch it until I moved to LA uh, a couple of years after that. And uh, I remember I was sleeping on a, another stuntman's couch in LA, just couch surfing, being homeless and uh, not having much to do and being definitely very, very broke. And uh, yeah, I, I remember just putting up the show on my phone to, to watch it, probably borrowing someone else's HBO Max account. I don't know if they had yep. HBO Max back then. We, I, I might've just YouTubed some episodes. <laughs> but yeah, I got hooked right away and I just watched the whole thing, just finished the whole show on, on, on that couch, just like probably two weeks, entire show. And the timing was really cool because very, very soon after finishing the show, I got onto uh, Project Greenlight, which is uh, a TV show uh, run by HBO about upcoming directors. And I directed a short film that got me onto the top 10 of, of HBO's Project Greenlight season four that year. And um, it's produced by Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. And I'm like, Matt, in, yeah, <laughs> Matt has such a good part in Entourage. So I was telling all my friends like, oh, you gotta watch this episode to check out Matt, because we're about to meet him, you know, in a couple of days. Very cool. Um, Project Greenlight. So we kind of we kind of watch Entourage together by then to prepare ourselves like, oh, is this what Matt's going to be like? He's going to be yelling at us like this in real life. And, and he did. He was the coolest guy to work with. I've heard second and third hand from so many people who have interacted with Matt Damon that he's the real deal, that he's, oh, not, for sure. yeah, he's yeah. not full yeah. of shit. He's exactly how he portrays himself, which is cool. He kept punching me in the shoulder. It was like, when are we doing a national movie? When are we doing a national movie? Oh, that's cool. <laughs> you know? That's cool. As soon as we're ready, Matt. <laughs> hasn't happened yet but you know fingers crossed well i'm glad i'm glad we we're able to connect i'm glad we we're able to, to, to chat now about this episode stunted edward what was your f relationship with entourage like when did you first experience it um i was in college you know working on the old fallback plan if stunts didn't go through for me <laughs> even though i knew i was going into stunts like well before that if, and somehow the fallback plan turned into philosophy so i don't really <laughs> see how that actually was going to work Somebody like people have been talking about Entourage. I remember seeing the trailer when it first came out and thinking it looked cool, but I tend to be kind of a slow adopter of shows and then I'll hit like two or three seasons right off the bat. And so it was probably like 2008 and somebody gave me the first few seasons on DVD yep. of, of all ways to consume it. And so I burned through those pretty quick a couple of different times. And I remember somebody being a little upset that I didn't give their DVDs back. <laughs> because i was like no oh, i got some seasons entourage these are mine yeah yeah turns out they wanted them back because you know, they 
they're really good. Uh, so I kind of stoked the fire for stunts. And right around that time, I ended up dropping out of college and moving back to uh, Colorado at the time to get involved with martial arts tricking and like the acrobatic scene right then, mm -hmm. because it was just starting to happen and just starting to blow up. And so I think entourage playing in the back of my mind always, and especially people kept telling me that I reminded them of E. That was probably what did it for me when I finally like, I have to watch this freaking show yeah. and make sure this E guy is cool. Yeah. Cause otherwise I got work to do on myself. If I you know, reminding people <laughs> of the guy, turns out like, all right, there's some qualities of E. I'm definitely down to embody. Definitely. But yeah, so then I, I just sort of moved back to Colorado. And I think that was the beginning of the current trajectory where I ended up back into stunts in Hollywood. Um, and then I finally finished the show right before moving back or moving to Hollywood and being like, all right, let's kind of get back in the mood for it. And um, was it as exactly as it was portrayed? <laughs> oh, 100%, yeah, sure. No, not, not even, you know, now I have some appreciation for the Hollywoodized Hollywood even. Yep. Every day is beautiful. Every person walking by in the background is beautiful. Not the same Hollywood that I know and love. You just run into directors and yep. like Starbucks every, every year. Yeah. They're yeah. just hanging out. We're doing the season seven premiere, Stunted, season seven, episode one. It originally aired on June 27th, 2010. I like to ask this question to all my guests. Where were you on this date? Leo, not this exact date, but where were you in summer of 2010 in life? Uh, summer 2010, I was living in New York and uh, probably just about to move to LA. So yeah, I, was, I started out doing stunts in New York and um, have not watched uh, Entourage at all. <laughs> so, it wasn't even on your radar not yeah at all. not on my radar at all yeah edward what about you uh i that was kind of during my hiatus between probably seasons four and then catching up seasons five through eight yep. um and i was uh, maybe eight or nine months deep into just martial arts training uh doing doing the flips and acrobatics and right about to go to an international trick gathering that was out in new york that year wow um where i met a lot of the friends and connections that i still have today that kind of helped help me out so that's very very cool yeah good time i do this on the first episode only does people know my life story but at this point in my life i am graduating college june 27th of 2010 i just graduated from depaul university in chicago probably a week or two beforehand, and I was working at a radio station in Chicago. I thought I would love to be on the radio someday, but you know what the best way to be on the radio for free is? Is you start a podcast about Entourage, and that's how you do it. So 13 years later, here I am, right? I, I, I succeeded in some way. So yes. I like to do like a time capsule for everybody, and I try to find something that relates to each person's field. And it's really tough to find like anything that happened in the stunt world in June of 2010. But I just, I just stuck to movies and June of 2010. I'd love to hear both of your reactions to this. Just one week earlier on June 18th, Pixar animation studio released its 11th feature film, Toy Story three, wow. a sequel to 1999's Toy Story two. The film earned $1 billion worldwide. It finished its theatrical run is the highest grossing film of 2010 and it is the first animated film to reach a billion dollars at the box office ever. And it was the highest grossing animated film of all time before the release of Frozen in 2013. Wow. I don't know about you guys, but if you've seen Toy Story 3, the ending of Toy Story 3 is a real tearjerker. I, I challenge even you two tough motherfuckers you <laughs> might shed a tear, honestly. <laughs> oh, it definitely got me. Yeah, uh, I, I, I like to, I probably tell people that I never cry, but that's a lie. I cry when I watch movies. And <laughs> Uh, I'm about to cry right now. I think about how old we are. It's like, Toy Story, like I remember Toy Story 1 when it came out. Yep. 
that year was yep. when Toy Story 3 came out. Wow, I, I, I felt like Toy Story 3 was just a couple years ago. Oh. And Toy Story 3 had a budget of $200 million. It makes it one of the like top yeah. 10 most expensive movies of all time. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy, Crazy town. That's wild. Okay, I do a quick recap of this week's episode, and then we'll get into the categories, and I'd love to hear your guys' answer. This is not quick. HBO's website makes these very long, so I'm going to try to speed read through it. But just a reminder for all the listeners in case they haven't had a chance to rewatch the episode. Turtle is now operating a car service staffed by hot drivers, but he has trouble with one girl, Alex, who is continually getting lost. And although the dies tell Turtle to fire her, he hasn't. Director Nick Cassavetes presses Vince to do his own stunt for a chase scene. Ian Ari try to undo Vince's promise by tipping off the studio to Cassavetes' plan, but Nick talks Vince into ignoring the studio's safety concerns. When Ari demands his agents present him with new challenges, the mailroom boy comes up with one. The NFL is selling their TV rights. Ari instantly promotes the kid and tells the rest of his staff that to get him a meeting with the NFL. Producer Phil Yudota has bad news for Drama. He only has eight weeks left on his holding deal. Drama insists that Lloyd and Ari put together a team, in quotes, to read strips for him, and he's crushed to learn that new shows are being made by the network, but not starring him. Turtle goes to LAX to help Alex, who has lost the car. She confides in him that she's a mess because her parents are divorcing, and while comforting her, Turtle goes in for a kiss. Offended, Alex quits. Ari goes to the mansion to talk Vince out of doing the stunt, but when Vince senses skepticism from the dies, he refuses to change his mind. On set, Cassavetti shows Ari a copy of Variety, featuring an ad with Ari dressed in drag from his frat days, and with Nick shooting from the passenger seat, Vince does the stunt, crashing into a part of the set. Vince emerges from the fiery wreckage, ready to go again. Leo, what was your favorite moment from this week's episode of Entourage? Favorite moment? I always love when um, we get to see the behind the scenes of movie sets, right? So yeah. I think the opening when Vince is walking around with his rifle on tactical like and there's only some weird like man in a green green suit guys that probably like an alien post-apocalyptic kind of kind of movie. So uh, that's how I read it. And they have pigeons flying around and they have like a steady cam pushing in on Vince and all of that, like seeing that and um, just a cool little technical nerd detail. They're using red cameras probably for the first time on yeah. like that. Yeah. Because around that time the red epic just came out. Super slow-mo. Yep. So it's cool seeing that those cameras like being built up and run around on set. And I always love when movies show um, behind the scenes of, of, of set life. It's wild. First off, I had the exact same moment and I'll get into why, but I didn't mention you guys. I'm a creative director, so I made, oh, wow. I made TV commercials. So I've used a red camera. I used it for a Jameson commercial. Yeah, yeah. Five years ago, we had like a Jameson bottle explode with green glitter for St. Patrick's Day. And we, we rented the red camera, I think, for four hours and i think it cost ten thousand dollars <laughs> to rent it for that oh me <laughs> i have right here yeah you got one up. but then, again this is four or five years ago so it must have been brand yeah, yeah. yeah the first time we see vince on set of the tassavetti's movie he's ascending the staircase he's got the rifle in his hands mm-hmm. we see the the character that vince is playing on fire falling down the stairs all while this like slow almost sad country song plays and we'll talk about music coming up but the song's called bread and butter bread and butter by hugo i really liked that juxtaposition leo is that the proper technique that adrian grenier is using to hold the gun absolutely 100 percent. you know i love i love how it's walking down the hallway and the shots there that that looks great things you love to hear is this where they light him on fire yep Don't worry, turtle. 
I'm fine. <laughs> Edward, what was your favorite moment? Uh, I mean, might be obvious, but I love seeing a car fly through the air. <laughs> and kind of to piggyback on what Leo's saying is it's not just seeing a car fly through the air, but all of the little behind the scenes stuff that they throw in the little Easter eggs for industry people. And then just like m- m- giving you a sense of it's not just a car flying through there. It's a whole production around yeah. it. Uh, and so just as an individual moment, just the, the image of the car flying through the air, the fire burn, like the fire cannons going off, just super cool. Loved it. Remember Vince, worst thing you can do is hesitate. Get on this bad boy and go. Got it. Accelerator is your friend. Trust your steering. As soon as you land the jump, cut to the right and brake. That's right. I'll be communicating with you by walking. All right, I'm ready. Nick, you okay? Let's do it. Ready! Do this! Okay, action! Guys, just wait a second, let him do the job. Okay, okay. All right, he's out. Oh, God. All right. You okay, bro? Yeah. I don't know. I I think so. Was anything hurt? No. I saw my light flash before my eyes. I didn't. I just saw Ma. She was really pissed. Guys. I think I'm okay. You could have right. internal bleeding. He actually looks okay. His vitals are fine. I'm actually okay, too, if anybody gives a shit. I don't give a shit. Nick, sorry, I screwed it up. You all right? I got to tell you, that shit looks sick. Yeah? Yeah. Because if you're not sure, I'm ready to go again. What did they get right and what did they get wrong? In that well, scene? uh... Yeah, before we get into maybe a teeny tiny bit of background for us as, as stunt people for the audience. So yeah. I uh, specialize in fight choreography and I was in the army. So I do a lot of firearms advising now. So that's why JR asked me about the uh, rifle work. Yeah, of course. Uh, Adrian Grenade was doing. Uh, so I love that stuff. And I've been set on fire. I've like helped like, like set up fire, fire stunts. So it's really cool seeing the fire burn in this episode. Drives a lot, right? So Ed, you, I don't know if you want to talk, like he would know a lot more about it, like the, the car stunt that was very prevalent in this episode. You know, I struggle parallel parking, so. You know. <laughs> well, my recent parallel parking job was uh, hitting trash cans. So apparently I'm bad at it too, but I was paid for that. Yeah. Uh, nice. <laughs> So I do a bit of driving. I haven't officially gotten to jump any cars yet, but like the research is there and I'm just chomping at the bit to do it. So uh, it's, it's always fun to kind of get to study and break down a stunt with a jump involved. As far as I can tell, the stunt itself went perfectly. Like the car went exactly where it was supposed to. It was definitely supposed to sliding 90 into that building because yep. there's nowhere else for it to go. Like, I know they're telling Vince, like, oh, yeah, you're going to just break and cut to the right. But, like, yeah, you're going to break and cut to the right into that building. It's not how inertia works. <laughs> right, right. right. Yeah. Like, the run out was, like, 80 feet or something. Like, Yeah, Ed and I was watching this, this episode together, and I think that's the only the, the, the real, only small complaint we have the episode. It's a little bit 
confusing the way they edited it. Like it wasn't clear that the stunt had gone wrong. Yeah. Because it's perfect. And it looks like the building was rigged to demolish when the car ran into it. And it had just that one angle from the wide. And without uh, Vince's line, like, it won't break, it won't break. Like, we wouldn't even know uh, that something had gone wrong. So it's a bit confusing because to us, it's like, oh, that was a great stunt. It worked perfect, you know? Yeah. yeah. I wonder if that was a post-production decision by Dud and company, right? Like, oh, let's say that it went wrong and we can just add some ADR of Adrian saying, the brakes won't work, the brakes won't work. It's, it's, it's a good point. Even me, a non-stunt person, just watching it, looked like it went perfectly. Everyone's safe. Nobody's yep. injured. And, you know, the paramedic comes and checks his vitals. I mean, it, it, it looks like it looks like all is good. So I, I say that's where probably what they, they got wrong just from an insider standpoint. Yeah, what? Is, and maybe they're sort of assuming that people would know this. And that's why you'd assume it's not right. Because if you're going to impact into a building in a car, that's a totally different setup than like if you're just slide, like jumping a car over a ramp and you're not supposed to crash. Yeah. And so, like, if he's going to crash, he should have a helmet on and yeah. like roll cage and it's totally going to be a different shot. And you're definitely not going to The way Nick Cassavetes was sitting in the like, car, we both backwards, yeah. sitting in the passenger seat. He he's was, gonna, yeah, his spine is shattered. Yeah. Oh he's, a, he's a like, paraplegian. Mag, like, every, he's sitting there with a sound black in his lap and like a stripped <laughs> down red, just handheld. Yeah. The worst yeah. setup, but like there's no way like you would put, you know, anyone in that situation, let alone the director. You know, also right. maybe and, maybe we're right. Maybe that is the reason why it went wrong, right? Because you wouldn't have the director sitting up there like that. You didn't have all the safety precautions. You just he was just supposed to turn <laughs> at the end yeah, of that yeah. jump, which is a little little psychotic in, in my opinion. <laughs> I can't wait to talk. We're gonna talk about your friend who fell down the stairs. Spoiler alert: Leo emailed me or, or, or messaged me. Uh, no, he emailed me two days ago, and, and you know the actor, the stunt actor who did Adrian Grenier yeah, falling down the, the stairs. Former. Yeah. Right. So we went up on IMDb and just looked up all the stunt people who worked on this specific episode and Eric Linden, who I'm friends with. Um, he's incredible. He's basically his company creates all of the fire gel that we use for fire burns. So I saw his name pop up and I'm like, oh, that, that must be the stuntman who did the uh, fire burn on the staircase. So I called him and yeah, he confirmed it. And not only that, he sent me some behind the scenes uh footage of him doing that fire burn so it's pretty cool as long as eric's okay with this i'm gonna try to post that footage yes. on the oh yeah pod instagram and twitter and maybe the tiktok i don't know at oh yeah pod on all those platforms guys check them out yes i'll of tag them course. yeah I, I ask him if it is cool to be shared and then he says yeah of course so awesome okay now let's get into some more of the just like nitty gritty categories based on this episode. So every week, guys, we talked about bros being bros, our favorite bros being bros moments, kind of just moments of authentic male friendship. Edward, why don't you go first this time? Um, my favorite bros being bros and like authentic moment was definitely um, when Lloyd and Drama are talking about drama show or lack thereof. And drama demands to see Ari. And then he's like, Ari's not here. And then he's like, well, who's that? And he walks over and starts bugging Ari. And Ari kind of brings him into the yeah. to the office, and he just he he tells Lloyd, he's like, "What do you mean? Like, give it to him straight." He, of course, they're making shows; they just don't want to make it with you. And it was like a really sincere, straight, man-to-man -man moment. And uh, and I don't know, I like it because it showed like, yeah, he's all business, but he's clearly got a heart, and he clearly feels for drama. Like he wants to maintain that relationship and that broy friendship. So I like that moment. 
drama. They gave me a holding deal. Ari, the guy who grills my hot dog at Carney's had a holding deal in 1978. <laughs> and then later, drama says, Phil says they haven't found the right script yet. Do you think he's lying? And Ari goes, I don't know who Phil is, but yeah, I do think he's lying. <laughs> it's incredible writing, but it's totally. true. It's it's what Ari does. He levels with everybody. The only one he really ever kind of lies to is Vince to protect him. Mm. It reminds me of just a couple episodes ago towards the end of season six where drama comes into Ari's office and is like, do you think I'm a good actor, Ari? And Ari's basically like, go, go with Lloyd, go. Like, uh, he will care more about your career than I will. And it's, it's just good. It's good bros being bros. I completely agree. I got eight weeks to get a show. So I want a team assigned to me, a team whose sole purpose is to focus on finding me this show. I don't have the manpower for that. I thought this is the biggest agency in the world. Well, I'm not authorized to provide that. Well, then I need to speak to the man that is. Alex lost the car. I gotta go to the airport. You wanna give me a ride? No, I'm meeting Ari. Later. But get rid of her. Johnny, Ari's not here. Yeah, well, who's that then? Hey, Ari. Can I have a word? With who? With you. Uh, you have an agent? Yeah, he's not delivering me what I need. No? What do you need? He wants a team, Ari. You want a team? Yeah. You mean like how Brad Pitt has a team? Well, yeah. If I get the right show on the air, I could be worth as much as Brad Pitt. Look at Kiefer. Ari. You know how hard I worked to get to this point. I'm right there. I just need you to care. Please. I do care, Drama. That's why I'm still standing here. You do not need a team. A greenlit show with me as the lead, it'll change my life. Why doesn't he have a greenlit show, Lloyd? The network hasn't found a script they like yet. They haven't found a script they like, or they haven't found a script they like for him? Well... What does that mean? It means they're still making shows, right? They're not out of business, so are you giving it to them straight? Give me what straight? Maybe they don't want to make a show with you, Drama. They gave me a holding deal. The guy who grills my hot dog at Carney's had a holding deal in 1978. Phil says we just need a script. You think he's lying? I don't know who Phil is, but I think he might be, yeah. Leo, what do you got? That moment, I just love that moment. It just brought up so much. That moment is also like a really good reminder for people working in the industry. I have to tell myself all the time. Like, because we'll be like, people will be like, oh, it's Christmas time or it's January. It's a slow month. You know, there's no work going on. I'm like, no, there's just no work for you. There's no work for me. There is work going on. Like, you know, <laughs> they're still making movies. They're just not calling us. So maybe we have to like, you know, change our mindset and do something better. And so that's, uh, I just like that moment as like a, an industry reminder. It's a sad reality of a lot of industries. Yes. Absolutely. Like even when I'm slow, I don't have anything to write or direct. Right. It's not because there aren't things out there to do. It's that people aren't thinking of me. So you have to, there's, there's like that hustle mentality. You got to just stay on it. Totally. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. But my favorite uh, moment is when, <laughs> so, so, so Ari's at, uh, visiting Vincent in his house and, and then uh, drama walks in. He was like, I hate Ari, bro. <laughs> Without seeing Ari standing around the corner. So he's, he, you know, he pokes out and he's like, yo, what's the beef? <laughs> <laughs> oh hey ari it's so yeah, good he's yeah. so despondent he's so upset i hate ari bro it's very childish right <laughs> kevin dylan does such a great job you know they've been friends for a long time and they yeah. they, they can honestly say this about each other and can love it. there's so many bros being bros moments in every episode of entourage and that's why we love this category totally yeah that's why we love the show i think it harkens us back to a time when like we could be like this right when we're all we're all older now in our careers and we're busy and you know, you sitting on the couch, Leo, watching Entourage for the first time on your phone, that's a, that's a pretty seminal moment for you. And I'm 
I'm glad we didn't talk about it. That's all. I'm being romantic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't matter if Sean Penn does his own stunts, Vince. It doesn't mean that you should. Tom Cruise and Night and Day also. Oh, listen, I've wasted too much of my day on this already, Vinny. Come on. First you want out, then you want in. Which is it? I got dinner with the what? wife. She's going to cut my balls off. I hate Ari, bro. Oh, hey, Ari. Hey, dickhead, what's the beef? No beef. I just wish you would put as much effort into my career as you do your own. That sounds reasonable. Be nice, Ari. I will be, but right now I'm worried about you. Why, what's wrong with Vince? You all right? He's thinking about doing the stunt. My bros being bros, it's really poetic. It's just like a little bit of dialogue. It's right before Vince does the stunt. They're, he's walking down the steps, and Edo's, you nervous? And Vince goes, my hand's shaking a little, but I'll be okay. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? And Drama goes, Vic Morrow got his head chopped off by a helicopter, and Toby goes, <laughs> Brandon Lee got shot with squibs. And he's just like, you idiots. But that's what guys <laughs> do, right? Like, guys yeah. don't sugarcoat shit to each other. If yeah. my buddy's like about to make a huge mistake, I'll be like, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> and, uh, and people have died doing this. You could die right now, dude. And it's just, we don't soften things, right? We don't, we don't, we, it's, we're sometimes tough to deliver bad news and they do a great job on that scene. So I love that. That's bros being bros to me. That's entourage. That was a good moment. You all right? My hand's shaking a little bit. I'll be okay. What's the worst that could happen? Big Morrow got his head chopped off by a helicopter. Brandon Lee got shot with squids. Idiots. Good talk. Leah, what was your least favorite moment of this episode? Least favorite moments gotta be Turtle and Alex scenes. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's that, that that little attempted kiss in the parking lot is like Oof. so cringy. It's like Scott's Tots level. It's <laughs> <laughs> good. That's a good reference. Scott's Tots from The Office. It's probably. Ed and I was talking, it's probably the cringiest moment in all of Entourage, you know? It's up there. It's up there. It's a cringy moment for our boy Turtle. Like, Turtle's been on a hot streak. And, and how so did he, he really read that moment like that? Like, just how? <laughs> Come on. I'm really sorry. Yeah, for the third time today, Alex. It's just my parents are getting divorced, okay? Oh, I'm really sorry. No, no, I'm, I'm sorry. It's not an excuse, but I just, I've been distracted. And I haven't told anyone till you, because honestly, I still can't even believe it. I mean, I know divorce is common and all, but my father was like the perfect dad, you know? Only it turns out that he wasn't. Hey, come on, don't cry. Hey, come on, don't cry, come here. No. No. It's gonna be okay. What the hell are you doing? Nothing. I don't know. I, I just thought we had a, a moment. What moment? I mean, I tell you my parents are getting divorced and you try to kiss me. Yeah, I'm, I'm really sorry. I totally misread the situation. I thought we had a vibe. Let's just, uh, let's just get out of here. Ed, what are you got? Uh, I think hands down, that's the hardest moment to get through yep. in the show. Was yeah. watching watching Turtle make that mistake, and you you know you love Turtle. He's sort of innocent, and as much as he's super like blessed to be riding certain coattails at times, like he he's mostly a good human being. So you hate to watch him blow through certain like stop signs and then just get smacked in the worst way. He thinks he's getting waved home, and instead the third base coach is like, "Stop, stop!" <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. And and my my least favorite moment is part of that whole. I think that whole plot line which goes away in an episode or two is tough for for turtle and then i think it's a tough performance overall but i think the specific moment when alex calls turtle when she's like lost on her way to lax 
She says she's being followed by some creepy cholo, her words, not mine. And then when Turtle questions her, she's like, well, he pulled up next to me, rolled down his window and said, hey, baby, pull over, let's fuck. In my head, I'm like, is that something that any human being would do? And then before Turtle can even muster like a response, she's like, oh, wait, I found the freeway. I got to focus, Turtle. Bye. And then just like hangs <laughs> up on him. And just none of that made her appealing to me or made me yeah. feel like this is a relationship I want to see more of. Right. It just felt completely removed from the show, removed from all other parts of Entourage. And uh, yeah, tough hang. I'll just, I'll leave it at that. Yeah, it's interesting how that kind of takes you out of the Entourage vibe a little bit into this other not such fun realm. Yeah. She calls him like four times this episode, like four separate times. Turtle's like, it's Alex. I got it. It's like, dude, fire her. Yeah. Spoiler alert, she quits, but like, it just, it's, it's very strange. Alex, you go to the airport at least twice a week. I don't understand how you can get lost. Well, there was traffic on the freeway, so I got off and tried to take the side streets. And then this creepy looking cholo started following me. And it freaked me out, so I turned off. Well, not every guy that drives by you is following you. He didn't just drive by me, Turtle. He rolled his window down and said, hey, baby, pull over. Let's fuck. Where are you now? I don't know. Oh, oh, wait, I see a sign. I got it, I got it. We're all good. Okay, good. Oh, come on, let me in, you cocksucker. I gotta focus, turtle, bye. Bye. Speaking of Entourage, every week we talk about our most Entourage moment of the episode, and that can mean whatever you think Entourage, in quotes, means. Ed, what do you got? Maybe this moment with Ari and Vince right before Vince goes in to do the stunt. And, you know, there's so many things tied up with this, like Vince trying to look super tough and probably dealing with an immense amount of anxiety, especially considering the little bit of preparation we've seen him receive is like much too little to be jumping a car on like a multi-million dollar production. Um, but he like, and actually, you know what? Sorry, it's not right before the stunt. It's when he's first trying to get Ari to get him out of the stunt. And Ari's going to go talk to Cassavetes and he's like hey like just don't make me look bad like don't make me look like a pussy he says it a few times he says it to E says it to Ari yeah I mean because he's he has, he has a perception he's an A-list movie yeah. star at this point yeah so he's got he's got to look like a G but yeah. he also is clearly a human being that is like what am I doing uh so yeah I, I liked it's kind of an entourage encapsulating moment Ari and do you excuse me for a moment yeah, yeah. Ari, I'm so happy to see you. They got me looking at models over here. Not to worry. I'm going to take care of what your little man couldn't, all right? It's going to be a huge problem? No, not at all. Listen, don't worry. Where's Nick? He's over by his trailer. All right. Ari, don't make me look bad. Have I ever? Leo, what do you got? For me, it's just the boys playing Xbox. I think they were playing <laughs> in the trailer on movie set. Yeah, you know, like just saying, like kicking back, playing Halo on, on like your movie star's best friend's trailer on the movie that multi-million dollars movie that's just you know that's the life that's entourage you know like you're it's, working it's pretty you're good playing you're hanging out you have a good life you know that's, you just want to be there right you just right. want to be i want to be yeah, on that right. third chair with, yeah. with the controller that's all it is and that's why that's why we love the show yeah so my most entourage moment it's just the opening scene we see one of those s550s pulling into the driveway we're hearing big boys shutter butt. it's just bumping and then a stilettoed high-heeled short skirt wearing beautiful woman steps out of the car and we follow her from behind into the house 
we ended on a high note last season with E getting engaged and, you know, Vince and drama flying off to Italy. And then we just picked right back up there, right? Like, here's beautiful women, cool cars, awesome music. Now, granted, the whole limo business thing, like, it kind of falls apart quickly. But <laughs> well, I just shook my head. I was like, this is so entourage. This yeah. Crazy. And I was talking about how season seven is kind of like the black sheep. Right? It goes into the yeah. dark, dark corners of oh, yeah. the lifestyle. But this episode is the is the, is the highlight. I think I, I love this episode in that it it's portraying the lifestyle before it goes downhill and you know we, we like that we like the entourage-ness of it and you know think thinking about the episode that's actually probably the most entourage moment for the whole season like literally it starts at that ultra high point because like i remember leo you mentioned it too when we were watching it like this scene of like turtle and all these girls in the office yeah is very entourage yeah and then we just sort of start getting further and further away from the uh the light entourage <laughs> yeah from god's light Flight 2.30, American. All right, good deal. I have a girl there. You want Rachel? Yeah, Rachel will be there. I guarantee it. Thanks. You are wanted. Oh, why wouldn't I be? Go. Going. Abby, don't hate me. You're going to Reseda. I love Reseda. Sarah, I need you on the phone. What? Where's the guy that does that? I fired him. He stole Vince's MTV award. Oh. I'll replace him. Just do it for me today? Sure. Where the hell is Alex? I don't know. This episode is the inciting incident. This is where, you know, next episode, Vince cuts all of his hair off. Episode, two episodes after that, he meets a porn star. It starts to go downhill super fast. Question, and this is not on our list, but like, was it cool now, looking back now, to see your field represented in this show? Like, this is, this, this show is about show business. And is it cool to have an episode that's pretty much entirely about stunts? Um, I think it's so cool. What do you think, Ed? I think it's super cool. Uh, I definitely think it's cool. I wonder about the uh, the actual image it portrays right. because it is sort of that turning point and all of a sudden on painkillers and like, oh, yeah. people must do a lot of painkillers. Like, that's not really the case always. So like, it's interesting, but it's always fun, especially when the episode's called Stunt and like to just shine a light on the fact that there are people that do this for a living. And I want to talk about one of those people coming up in, in our Sits Man Award, but we'll, we'll get to it. Sorry, Leo. Yeah, no, no, it's a little bit, it's a little bit off-putting portraying stunts in, in like, like, showing that there's no real stunt team there's no like safety team there's no there's like dale die playing the court no no preparation yeah yeah every, i want to talk about that's who i was yeah. mentioning dale die we have <laughs> to talk about everything him. dale was saying in that preparation scene with with model cars which we use all the time makes no sense yeah. <laughs> like everything <laughs> like, makes zero sense has nothing to like yeah that's that's not how we're actually coordinating the stunts and like the way he's just whispering to to vince in the car beforehand like no we would have like a full safety meeting with the entire cast and crew everyone would know what's going on and that's just jumping ahead right before all of that happens vince would go through driving school he would go through safety school and he would have a whole stunt team there would be stunt people testing out the stunts for him before that on a with that scale so i think just writing out the entire stunt department and just having, making it feel a little bit like slapdash, like, yeah. oh, you know, just they'll die, like telling you how like, like, like drive the car and you're just going to go do it. Like that, that doesn't happen. That's fair. I, I think yeah. that's a fair criticism. And also, but that's what Entourage does. It kind of just glosses everything together. Is like, oh, this is how it happens. 
win bam boom and and then he's off yeah let's let's hold on dale die i want to talk a little bit more let's talk about quotes any lines or quotes jump out at you guys as being your favorite i hate art bro <laughs> <laughs> so funny what what did dale die tell vince right before he went something about like you have to hit it just at 30 degrees or 40 degrees angle otherwise it's yeah. not gonna work like how do you hit the ramp at 30 degrees 40 degrees angle the car's gonna even i thought itself. that how does he control the angle <laughs> yeah that one and then right before that he goes on the goes and like drives the car and he tells him basically just get on throttle the whole time and then he's like and i'll be talking to you the whole time on the radio and i'm like what when are you gonna say something on the radio like yeah. he's you know there's just no time <laughs> six seconds yeah those those stood out to me a little bit but yeah the i hate ari the way that drama delivered that or the actor delivered that was just absolutely killer and do you remember you you really like when drama was in phil you go to office and, and you said you had a what was that uh, yeah i don't know that there was a line there though like there probably was but just the image the sheer drama-ness of yeah. him holding like a, a glass of whiskey and a joint and not taking either of them really yeah instead just like on his knees or something. yeah and he's like what's the bad news? Like, is it, it's not going to happen, is it? Like, clearly it's not going to happen, bro. You have, you have two sedatives in your hands. Yep. <laughs> that was one of my two quotes that I had. Phil Udota, let's smoke up, John. In here? Yeah, fuck it. You're anxious. It's medicinal. Is this a celebratory smoke? Right not, John. Here, have a drink. He's just like handing <laughs> him stuff. <laughs> You're absolutely right. It's hysterical. It's a yeah. great... I mean, don't get me started on Fickner, like one of the best character actors of all time. But Fickner and Kevin Dillon in that scene are just like two opposite ends of the anxiety spectrum. And there's it's so funny. I, I love that scene. Hey, Phil, how are you? I'm good. I'm good, John. How are you? Yeah, a little anxious, to be honest, since you wanted to see me face to face. Let's smoke up, John. Smoke up in here? Yeah, yeah. Ah, fuck it. You're anxious. It's medicinal. Smoke up, and you'll be anxious no more. Okay. So is this a celebratory smoke, Phil? Right not, John. Really? <sighs> have a drink, John. Phil, I don't need a drink. I need a job. Drink, drink. Come on. You must have something for me. Right not. I don't understand. You have three shows you're ready to make. I'm ready to produce them. The network's not ready to make them. None of them? Well, you know. Sit down, sit down. Come on. The Fall Guy remake could be awesome. We get Minka Kelly for the Heather Thomas it's part. It's not going to happen. I also want to reference, uh, I think, Leo, you brought up the scene where they're playing Xbox mm -hmm. or in, mm -hmm. in the trailer. There's just some good dialogue there. He's on the phone with Vince, and he's like, I'll take care of it. And Turtle basically yells over the phone. He's like, you better. If something happens to Vince, we're all fucked. Actually, only drama is he's the only one who's unemployed. <laughs> and it's, yep. like, it's like that ball busting. Like, Turtle's got a little bit of money, a little bit of business acumen, and he's just talking shit to everyone. He's been a freeloader for his entire life up until this month. But he just still takes his opportunity to you know, take a shot at drama being unemployed. You know, I did the fall down the steps myself in my so-called life. It was very liberating. Your brain hasn't worked right since. All right, E, I told Nick I'd do it, so what now? Don't worry, I'll take care of it. Yeah, you better, because if something happens to Vince, we're all fucked. Actually, only drama is, since he's the only one unemployed. My time is coming, driver. In fact, I'm going to see you go to today. See what show the network's ready to put me in. You coming with? No. Turtle. Why not? Go with him, he's nervous. Fine. So they're trying to make the phone guy with drama in this in this show. It's very small, and it's a throwaway line walking, yeah. walking up the stairs. But I mean, to tell you could play phone guy, right? Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. Which is uh, it's a funny thing because they are making the phone guy the movie now. Really? They shot it. Yeah, the phone guy um, remake, and obviously the the, sh the original show is about stunts. Who's the, who's the star of it? So Aaron Taylor Johnson and Ryan Gosling is in the phone guy Ooh. movie. Holy Stephanie shit. Stephanie Sue from uh, Everything Everywhere All At Once is in it. Uh, but get this, it's directed by David Leach, who is a um, like one of the owners of 87-11, one of like, the coolest stunt teams in Hollywood. And David Leach is a uh, directing partner with Chad Stahelski on the first John Wick movie. And of course, we all that made That's right. you know, yes. movie history. You know, yes, it did. Legendary. Holy it's shit. The funny thing about the... Um, director character in this movie i know it's nick casavetti is playing himself playing yeah. a, a version of of himself but um the way he acts the way he talks the way he looks like he looks exactly like how i imagine chasta helski on set the director of john wick all these action movies because he's a former stunt coordinator second unit and turns hard ass badass director and he's just really cool and badass and and super tall and just like towers and and overpowers everyone and it's just nick savaris you know is kind of i don't know like like whenever i watch nick i'm like oh i'm i'm, I'm scared of working for chat <laughs> watching nick <laughs> cassavetes is going for it in this so every week we talk about our celebrity cameo whether it's good bad he's kind of the only celebrity in this episode and this is a season this is a season with a lot of celebrity cameos but nick cassavetes famously american actor director and writer he's directed John Q, The Notebook, Alpha Dog, and My Sister's Keeper. He's famously the son of actor and film director John Tassavetes and actress Gina Rowlands. So this is some interesting stuff. I don't know if you guys know a lot about Tassavetes, but he initially did not want to go into the film industry. He actually went to Syracuse University on a basketball scholarship. Oh, wow. Makes sense. He's like 6'7". But after an injury, he decided to rethink his aspirations and then decided to attend his parents' alma mater, the American Academy of Dramatic Arts in New York. He finished fifth in the World Poker Tour Invitational Season 5, and he also appeared on Season 5 of the Dame Show Network's High States Poker. Fun fact, in this episode, we see that poker scene. He's clearly sitting next to professional poker player Chris Moneymaker as well as fellow pro Antonio Esferandieri. I don't know poker players, but... Uh, they're just like little inside stuff. I love that shit. Like, like those guys didn't even need like any. They had sunglasses on and hats. Like they don't care. But just goes to show. Like, it's all. It's not too far removed from reality. And and I love that about the show. Yeah, that's awesome. That's that's good. That's good research. How do you even find out about this guy? <laughs> you know. You know, as the host of this episode of this podcast, I've done eighty of these. I, I kind of you know I've had to do my fair share. <laughs> I mean, what did you guys think of the cameo? Was it was it a good cameo? Was it bad? Did you think it was a little comical? Like, I don't know. Love your opinion. I thought it was perfect. It's such a it's such a, an outlandish, but yet believable just performance of like a Hollywood director, especially like a stunt act like like action movie director. You yeah. know, you could imagine seeing like a Michael Bay type, or like uh, you know Chester Helsky, our friend, who like if you Google Chester Helsky, you'll be you'll be blown away at the similarities with that and, I, and I'm, I'm sure this was taken i'm sure this character was taken from that type or that that, that type, type of, yeah yeah because yes, exactly. was way after this though so oh god give me up hello ari what no callback i know i know look vince wants to do the stunt I don't want him to. 
Yeah, well, you're my agent also, and that's what I want. Nick, it's not going to happen. I'm shutting it down. You are? That's right. And how are you doing that? By telling you not to do it. You better be careful, Ari. I'm not fucking Chad McQueen. I can't believe that the studio's not concerned about this thing. How are they even insuring it? They don't know? Are you out of your fucking mind? Listen, Ari, if you tell the studio, I'll break your fucking head. How about that? Have a nice day. All right. I mean it, Ari. Ed, how would this episode be different today, plot-wise? I think there's some obvious ones, which is like, there's no shot a director and a producer bullying an A-list movie star into doing a stunt like this by basically calling him a pussy. But like, just in terms of the reality of the situation, like, if this was shot today, this if this stunt was performed today, like, what would be different about it? Um, if we assumed that somehow they still arrived at Vince doing the stunt, mm-hmm. right, which would probably be like a way more diplomatic process, they'd have stunt stunt doubles as backup, and Vince would basically have to be like insisting that he really wants to do it, and and at this point, honestly, with the technology we have today, I don't even know if he would actually jump a car, like. there's every likelihood that they could come up with a way to rig it on cables and wires and he could ride the whole experience but like not actually jump the car and then you could get it from every angle and see him doing all these things in the middle of it but if you were going to jump a car he'd probably have like at least a couple weeks worth of driving classes and i just imagine there'd be like 10 times as much safety protocols (laughs) (laughs) 10 yeah maybe 50 (laughs) yeah Here's a question, and this is before I have a few that I want to get to, like how would this episode be different? But I'm just thinking, what's the what's the easiest stunt that like a layman could learn? Like if John Hickey wanted to learn to do a stunt, what's like the easiest? Just was it is it a fall? Is it a is it a punch? Like what like what what if I if I just went to stuntman school? Uh, taking taking reactions, like just doing like a picture punch, like taking a just st- what we call stacking. Right, the camera okay. adapts to uh, throw the punch in between your face and the camera, and then your job is to time it right and just uh, turn your head with the punch. You know, maybe take a, a bottle break, like a Western bar fight. Oh, a bottle break on the head? You know, yeah, cool. just turn, you know, just turn like the safe part of your head. You know, just turn your eyes away from it, and you just break a bottle over your head, and then. <laughs> Next time yeah. I'm in LA, let's go to a bar. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Set this totally. up. Buy a breakaway first. What'd you say, Ed? I said buy a breakaway first. Yeah, buy a bottle. Don't yeah. just do it with a real bottle. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> That's a different stunt. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think reactions are like our bread and butter. So just learning to take a hit and know how to make it look like you got whacked. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it all builds from there. What would you say is the hardest or most maybe technically difficult stunt both of you have performed? I mean, wire work and both wire work and fire burns for me is a lot. It's, I don't know if it's the hardest thing I've ever done, but like there's a lot more complexity than people think. Like especially riding wire work, you don't you don't just ride wire work. Otherwise, it will look like you're just like you don't know how to fight and you're just clearly doing wire work. Like <laughs> it's interesting. <laughs> um, but. Um, you know, yeah, you have to like either like fight against the wire so it looks like there's some resistance, or you have to like go with it and then do a flip or something. And that requires a lot of core strength and a lot of body awareness, air sense, and timing with the wire team that's pulling you. Uh, so that's that's a lot more complex. And like send people on fire, uh, like yeah. we just, uh, set a music um, for the music video. We just did like a like this rock star um, actor, set him on fire and. 
it was cool, you know. And it was, but but it's always it's always so so much that goes into it. Just the gel and like now they're freezing, they're miserable because of the on the fire gel is super cold. You're shooting at mm. night, you know. So you know, even though it's late on the time, it does the temperature does drop, and then now they're freezing and miserable and like shivering and. Then, you know, once a fire like like starts, they can't really feel anything more. They like 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 heat and cold becomes inter awesome. intermixed, so they're not realizing if they're actually burning or not. So they can't they don't have a good awareness of their of their body and what's going on. And Ed, what about you? I, I'd say the most technically stressful one that I performed was a wire gag where I was hooked into a ferris wheel and i had to improvise a ferris wheel fall like falling out of the ferris wheel Ooh. and turning and grabbing so that it's like i basically end up dangling from the top ferris wheel cup and uh and the whole thing was it was a practical joke show it was for a quibby episode of punked and so uh, quibby that that long lasting network <laughs> yeah right which uh, which this this being like one of my more technically intricate stunts uh, nobody, like, I don't know if it even sees the light of day, oh, but, sorry. but it was pretty fun. Cause these kids don't know that we're doing it. Right. So I have to hide the fact that I have a wire going up my sleeve and I have to do all this acting and ad libbing and kind of improvise to sell the fact that I'm like, oh, I'm scared of heights. I'm getting out of this thing. Yeah. And I stand up to like get to climb out and then I fall and like dangle and I have to turn. <laughs> and that's, that's the hard part is I had to turn and catch the edge and actually catch the edge so that the wire would line up the right way. Otherwise I'd pinched or miss and be dangling. And then the whole thing's blown. Um, and you could break your arm easily. I mean, obviously you could break every bone in your body, but like if that wire pulls the wrong way or you miss time it or something, Jesus Christ. That's right. Nice. <laughs> so, so, and, and it's like kind of innocuous compared to like, I've been yanked across the room and through doorways and up over desks and like tumbling and all this stuff. But because of, the fact that like I had one shot at that and I had to like play it all. I have like a microphone in my ear being like, go now, go now. I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know, like that, that one comes to mind. Some, Very some cool. car stuff comes close, but that one. That's crazy. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, well, thank you. Thanks for indulging me. Those are, those are questions that, that oh, kind yeah. of popped in as we were talking. I'm sure you did that a lot. So, you know, apologies. Have either of you worked with stunt legend, Dale Dye? We've brought him up a couple of times. I, I talked about, Faces in the crowd as a tatador, and he's appeared as this technical advisor to Vince. He's been like the scuba instructor, the firearms instructor. He's just kind of everywhere. I mean, you, have your have your careers crossed path at any point? No, no. we've met a lot of of of, uh, of people like that in the industry, but not that exact Dale Dye. No, decorated Marine veteran. He was in the Vietnam War. He's the founder and head of Warriors Inc., a technical advisory company specializing in portraying realistic military action in Hollywood films. He's offered his expertise to HBO miniseries Band of Brothers, The Pacific, and video games like Medal of Honor. He's also acted in over 80 movies, Platoon, Casualties of War, Saving Private Ryan, and Mission Impossible, which I just rewatched last week with my wife. And he plays mm -hmm. Frank Barnes, who is referenced like a million times in the movie. Like, but I gotta get Barnes, call Barnes, like Barnes is on this. And it's a young Dale Dye. Very cool. Wow. That's awesome. You gotta hit this thing somewhere between a 30 and a 50 degree angle. Anything more, anything less, and you got problems. What kind of problems? Big problems. You understand? I don't know. I, I, I kind of stepped over how would this episode be different today, plot wise. The last thing, this last thing I will say is like Cassavetti's putting a drag photo of Ari <laughs> and Variety. And I mean, not only it being like problematic for whatever reason, but also like 
that wouldn't happen because Cassavetes would just post that shit on Instagram and like embarrass him that way. Much more public than the bat stage of a bat page of a variety ad. Do you guys have anything else for that? Yeah, yeah, it's not sound related, but Turtle wouldn't run a, a business like that. He would have like an, an oh. Uber app, so yeah. it, it, it'll probably like a subsidiary of Uber with 40 hot girls would come and pick you up. It's funny because I, I thought that too, and there's a scene early in the episode when they're on set, and we have this burger truck that pulls up, babies, badass burgers, and Drama and Turtle are having a burger, and Drama's like flirting with one of the burger truck drivers and it's like it's this concept it's like hot women delivering you burgers and it's like that's what turtle would be doing right turtle right. would be doing like right. it's 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 almost weird that they show that right after we see turtles limo i don't know if, I don't know if it's still called limos or like <laughs> if it's just his limo service yeah it's strange that that those two things would be in the same episode of entourage it's a very brief moment but of course i have to research every single part of the show but uh still in business babies badass burgers.com check it out guys free plug <laughs> oh that's amazing <laughs> all right we are around in the corner here i like to do like a six man award every episode someone who just like in their limited screen time does a really good job and there's a couple candidates it could be Alex, the terrible limbo driver. It could be Nick Cassavetes. Could be Phil Yodota. I'm always a Phil Yodota guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Totally. Ed, what do you think? Who, who's, who wins? Who wins sits man? Uh, you know, I mean, I do love Phil Yodota. I'm I'm gonna throw kind of a curveball in, and it might. I don't want to steal. I hope I'm not stealing Leo's. Uh, <laughs> probably got. Oh no, but we talked about this. <laughs> yeah, go. Ahead. I can't remember her name. Abby. I can't remember. Name. Her name. A Abby. Yeah. It's Abby, right? No one's yeah, gonna so, know what we're talking about. This is so niche. It's so funny. Yeah. So. Abby, this blonde employee for Turtle, <laughs> just kills it as an employee. Like, she is absolutely queen shit on this episode. <laughs> and you don't notice her at all. Yeah. Because she, she just she's does her job. She's Alex, on she time. does her job. She's, she's competent. That's what you're looking for. It's like wife of hero. It's like everything right there. It's what you're looking for. So exactly. So so she's kind of my six-man award, I think. And and I like I, said, I might be stealing that one from Leo, but it was just such a good, like, wow, what a great example of what a model employee is supposed to look like right and then there's alex like to yeah. date someone like go for it <laughs> abby's like i love Rosita. she goes to Rosita, and then later she's driving turtle around aliette's parking garage looking for alex who lost the car like, <laughs> what a great employee and then turtle's like you're going to santa monica and she's like you got it boss like, yeah exactly like, yeah you're right she's employee of the month yeah <laughs> yeah that's yeah, and I, I, I love that. Uh, she comes back later, right? Turtle has another business or something, or maybe oh, she comes back as the uh, uh, when Turtle selling Avion tequila. I think I think oh, she, she comes back working for him. Uh, you, I'll get to it. I'll yeah. remember this conversation and I'll bring yes, it up. Perfect. Um, <laughs> we've kind of already talked about drama moments. Anything? I I have. I hate Ari, bro. And he's like, hey, Dickhead, what's the beef? Is there anything else? Any other drama lines or moments to jump out? He's he's a mess this episode, which is always a great. <laughs> great drama performance when he's a mess uh i don't remember exactly did he when vince is complaining about whether or not he should do the stunt did drama bring up how he's done a stunts because it feels like a, a drama thing did he fall down some stairs or something he fell down some stairs what? where is it, where is it? <laughs> yeah you know i did the fall down the steps myself on my so-called life it was very liberating and totally yeah go. your brain hasn't worked right since <laughs> <There we go. laughs> oh it's perfect yeah 
Uh, really good writing, yeah. But of course, drama will chime in with that. Vince goes, Will Smith did all of his own stunts in Hancock, and drama goes, Will's an athlete, bro. I bowled with him. <laughs> Just always like <laughs> having to like say that he knows the person. <laughs> Oh, like his six degrees of separation of Johnny drama. It's just so funny. Yeah, Will Smith's bowling. Why, what's wrong with Vince? You all right? He's thinking about doing the stunt. Come on. What? Nothing. I, I just don't see it. You know Will Smith did all his own stunts on Hancock? Will's an athlete, bro. I bowled with him. Jesus Christ. What are we doing? I got dinner. It's also like we kind of experience the same thing, and we do the same thing working in the industry. We're like, oh, yeah, I'm like... I have that connection with that person. Like, yeah. no matter how far removed, it's always like a funny story or something that you like. You're, you're tempted to bring up at a party. Well, and like, drama's not name dropping to like get ahead in any way. He's just doing it to like remind everyone he's relevant. And name dropping yeah. in your industry is kind of currency, right? Like, you know, I've worked with this guy before. Like, <laughs> what did you say? Oh, you said reminding everyone to feel relevant. I'm like, I feel attacked, JR. <laughs> no, 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 not to remain. No, no, like just the fact that, like, yeah. say you've worked with someone before. Yes. I, I don't, I mean, no offense. You guys can both kick my ass, no, so I don't no, want to. <laughs> never, never. Like, I would catch myself bring, bringing up someone that's, you know, like, oh, no, I'm doing a drama thing. I'm like, <laughs> pulling up like a random encounter with someone, you know, like, <laughs> here we go exhibit a case in point per ever perfect story for this we sh we see Ari at his private school and it's his daughter his kid his son his son yeah. School or something yeah yeah so i'm pretty sure that school is immaculate heart in um in hollywood it's like a really famous school uh private school and plus a shooting location and i i location scouted that place for a shoot i recognize it and now when i was driving away that day this man got into his car with his with, with his kid and and i looked at him and uh he was driving away just picking up his kid from school and i was like you look so familiar are you a, are you a filmmaker i've worked with before and he's like no i don't think we worked together before and then you know and he just drove away i'm like he looks so familiar i i know he's a filmmaker but like how did i meet him like which which movie was it which set was it and then it struck me driving away that was billy walsh it was reese corridor picking up <laughs> And in my head, I'm like, is that a filmmaker? Because Asmaraj made me like, like, yeah. <laughs> feel like I know him as a filmmaker in my brain. But yeah, it's funny. I bet he gets that a lot. Like industry people being like, have we worked on a set together? Because I've seen you on a set somewhere. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Like four or five you know, seasons. Filmmaker, like really Walsh. Type sticks. Reese is a very talented actor and musician. Oh, he's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you want to do a name drop, Ed, before we move to the next? <laughs> no, I mean, the only good name drop I have is instances that I uh, I look so much like uh, Kevin Connolly, like E. <laughs> I'm glad it's been addressed by both of you, because if you hadn't, I would have brought it up at some point. I wouldn't have wanted to offend you or anything. <laughs> you know, some, people, you know, some people don't like the no, E character. It. Some people don't like all, uh, every single character, right? Like... There's been times I'm like, oh, you remind me of drama. And everyone's like, he's a fucking idiot. And I'm like, okay, sorry. <laughs> he's also the funniest character in the lovable. show. Lovable, yeah. So. He's so lovable. Yeah. Uh, Ari, let's go back to the category. Sorry, guys. Uh, favorite Ari moment. I, I mean, mine is that, like, leveling with drama in his office. Just let the deal run out. Something will pop. Drama's like, I want my own show, Ari. They promised me that. And he's like, I don't even think I can make that happen, drama. I'm sorry. And, like, shakes his hand. That's that bros being bros, just like the adult in the room. Any other moments from Ari jump out to you guys? Um, I mean, Ari showing up to help Vince in the, on yeah. the set. 
That was yeah. pretty cool. But then just uh, it's fun seeing him get strong armed by Nick Casavetes because you, you yeah. literally you never, yeah you don't usually see Ari get strong armed by anyone except Mrs. Ari. So it's uh, I didn't know Casavetes was actually six seven, and so now you think about like Jeremy Piven even just standing there with his head like in yeah. Casavetes' hand. That's amazing. <laughs> Um, and we did the seeds of like Mrs. Ari and Ari not getting along this season. He's like blowing her off twice this episode. It continues to happen. We had Lizzie Grant reintroduced to the picture when the NFL stuff comes around and it kind of starts that split. I always felt that split felt like when I watched this episode in 2010, that it came out of nowhere, but in rewatching it for the purposes of this podcast, I'm like, Oh no, they plant the seeds really early. Ari is now the head of the biggest agency in the world and has no time for his family. So her leaving him at the end of the season is maybe not as bit of a surprise as it may have seemed at the time. And that's just me. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, I could see that happen. Do you guys, did you like this season? Uh, you mentioned it's like, it's the down point. It's, 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 a, it's a departure. It's a creative swing. Like were you fans of it when it happened or when you came around to it on your rewatch? Yeah, I like season seven. I like season seven, and and but the thing about me is I'm I'm, I'm so positive. I just love consuming TV <laughs> movies. You know, I always I say the criticism for my whole work. You know, yeah, that's <laughs> I'm, watching, I'm watching these shows to enjoy it, I'm not watching it to critique anything. And I yeah, I, I like season seven a lot. I love Sasha Gray. I love, I I like that plot line. So every week we ask who besides Vince won this week's episode. You can't pit Vince; he wins every week. He's a list movie star. Ed, who do you have winning this episode? I don't know. I mean, I always love a stunt coordinator. So Dale dies just getting to be that little voice of stunt coordinator safety and that little bit of reason there. Uh, I, I love that he was in the episode. So I, I might I might throw that out as my victor, just sort of hidden victor. Why not? Otherwise, it's always drama. Even if he's going through hell, <laughs> drama's always winning. <laughs> The performance, the, the Kevin Dillon performance always wins, in my opinion. But for the character, maybe we give it to Dale Dye. Leo, who do you have? Well, just because we haven't talked about E and Sloan, they have a moment in this episode. And, you know, that's that's a win. Like, E is doing well in his relationship with Sloan, and, and, and she's great. Still happily engaged. You know, time will tell what happens. I, I mean, I, I doubt you both beat. It's Jake Steinberg, the male guy. He's the yes. one who, after Ari oh, just yeah. roasts his entire company in his life, Ari's like, if, yeah. I had a, if I didn't have a five-year lease, you guys would all, I'd be doing this out of a cardboard box. Oh, and then he just that. basically interrupts the media and says, I think the NFL is renegotiating their big deal. And like yeah. that gets him promoted back onto Ari's desk. And I think he stays as Ari's assistant through the end of the season. So mm. that's that's called taking totally. your shot in Hollywood, right? That's just totally. yeah. putting your neck yeah. on the line. And, yeah, and absolutely. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. This is now the biggest agency in the world, and I'm the head of it, which makes me the biggest agent in the world. Now, can anyone tell me why I chose to be the biggest agent in the world? It's so I can stop being a fucking agent. So don't tell me to show the love. That's what I pay you people for. All right, so somebody, give me something big. Anybody, please. Jesus Christ, you all suck. If I didn't have a five-year lease on this place, I'd shut it down and work out of a cardboard box by myself. I just read the NFL's getting ready to resell the TV rights. I think they could use you. Everyone could use me. Who are you? Jake Steinberg. I used to be on your desk. What happened? You threw me off. Well, you're back on. Throw the guy off who's on there now. Seriously? Mm -hmm. Ari. That's him. 
Eric Murphy's on the phone for you, says it's urgent. Somebody find out why we're not selling the NFL rights. They do it internally. Well, they shouldn't, so somebody get me a meeting. Was this an A-list, B-list, or D-list episode of Entourage? We can do pluses and minuses. As far as season seven is uh, portrayed, I think it's an A-list episode for season seven. But as far as Entourage total, maybe B-list, C-plus? And that's fair. It's all relative, right? Like it's, right. This, this is a great starting point to a season that ended – last season ended on a high note. This starts the season on a high note, but it does start to slowly go downhill right. for the dime. It is a polarizing yes. season. I do see that. So this this would be the probably the, the the most classic entourage you could get before season seven goes in does the season seven thing. Yep. <laughs> Ed, what do you got? Uh, I'd agree with that. I think for season seven, it's definitely the A, like the strongest A episode. And then I'd say overall, just again, because I love watching cars fly through the air with fire around them. I would I'd give it like a B plus on sure. the larger scale. I'm like right in line with you guys. Like for for season seven, it's probably a B plus, A minus, and then for an overall entourage episode, it's got some good stuff. It's got a good celebrity cameo. It's got some good drama, drama, and then Ari, you know, Ari on the warpath, and eventually getting you know kind of bitch slapped by his wife. Yeah, well, I'd give it like a all around like a B B minus, and you know, I'm the guy who has to watch this stuff every week, so right. I'm excited yeah. for what's to come, and I know what's to come isn't going to be very good. So I have one last question for the both of you. And again, thank you both for joining. This has been a lot of fun. I've really appreciated the behind the scenes point of view, hearing about both of your careers and how you got started and just your love for Entourage. This is the best part of this podcast is meeting like-minded Entourage fans. And here's a question for all my first time guests. And I hope I can have you guys back at some point. Maybe, I don't know if there's any more stunt plot lines, but even if you just want to hop on for a random episode. Yeah, for sure. Oh, absolutely. Who are you in your own real life Entourage? Leo, you can start. Which character do you most closely resemble? Come on. Not resemble, but you know what I mean. Who, what character are you most like? No, I, I kind of fancy myself a, a film director. I'm always making little short films and, you know, trying to, I was on Project Green Light as a director. I'm trying to make my way, even though my background is stunts. So I want to say that's how I, I pay my bills and feed my cat. But really what I want to do is, is, is direct. So Billy Walsh. Billy Walsh. <laughs> yeah, incredible. No, I think that's the first Billy Walsh answer ever. Really? On this no podcast. way. Easily. No, I quote him so all the time. <laughs> I make films. <laughs> no. I make films. Or, or I love, I'm a weirdo, and when I go to see movies in the theater, I love sitting back and just relaxing, enjoying the credits, enjoying the music, <laughs> letting it play out. So now people are standing up as soon as the credits start and they walk out of the theater. I'm like, where the fuck going? <laughs> Give it up for What's the people the below the line. Below the line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stay for the credits. Damn it. So good. I love that. The first Billy Walsh, uh, I'll give it to you. You can be the only <laughs> Billy Walsh we've had. Ed, who, who do you fancy yourself? And not and not just because you looked like Kevin Connolly or E. I mean, is that is that how you most resemble personality-wise? Uh, you, you know, I hate to say it probably is. Uh, <laughs> and I only hate to say that because I would love to idealize myself being like the Vince, like the stunt version of Vince. Sure. Yeah. And, and I think as a stunt guy, like, I guess some of us have managers, but mostly you're kind of all of those roles, maybe minus turtle. Uh, but like, I'm, I, I have a little brother who I think is uh, just like the coolest person in the world. And so to me, he's kind of like Vince. And so some days I feel like drama, uh, but in my career, I have to be like Vince and Eric combined. Uh, and my love life, I hate to say, is probably a little bit reminiscent of E at times. And I'm like, uh, romantic. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a romantic. I am a romantic. Hey, why not? You know, so, 
So yeah, I, uh, that's maybe that's why Entourage just fit for me so well and why I've watched it through so many times because it's like everybody is a little different element of my personality. Uh. Yeah, I was going to say, Leo, having worked with Leo, he feels to me a bit more stable than Billy Walsh, but <laughs> definitely get the creative and genius side. Like The brilliance is there, man. Season eight when Billy Walsh comes back and he's like, yeah, he's a yeah, that's... De- a devout, like, religious guy and sober, yeah. <laughs> I think Leo's a little between the two. You're, yeah. I, I love working with Leo when he's when he's on fire with stuff. But uh... Uh, and, I, and I've really enjoyed talking to both of you. This has been a ton of fun. Leo, where can the listeners find you, follow you, watch you? Uh, on the Insta- uh, Instagram, social media, YouTube, Twitter. I don't really post on Twitter, but it's at Leo K. Angelo. So L-E-O-K-E-I-A-N-G-E-L-O-S. Instagram's where I post my stuff. Yep, YouTube got short films up there. IMDb, you know, the usual. Ed, what about you? Yeah, I'm the same. I'm pretty much predominantly on Instagram. Uh, you can follow me at at aka Ed Boss, all one word, uh, or at the Attacking Foot if you want to check out some of my driving stuff. No, I didn't know that. I'm gonna follow that right now. Yeah, <laughs> trying to blow up the Attacking Foot channel. This has been a lot of fun. Good luck the rest of the way, and I hope we can our paths cross again soon. Thank you. Yeah, so thank much. you so much.